0: Hey guys, thanks for joining me on today's journey. I'm going to be continuing the conversation I started in the last video about some ideas of the talk or puberty and our sexuality. So let's jump right into it and see how we can put all of this into practice and bring it full circle to better reflect our wonderful creator. So as I explained in the last video, the beauty and complexity of how God designed us as sexual beings and our ever-developing sexuality can't possibly be summed up into just one talk that most often emphasizes the word don't. So let's move away from those toxic models and move into something more life-giving. So let's start with building comfort and trust and emotional preparedness to discuss these topics, whether it's right now with us or with our children while they're still young. And one way to do that is by using appropriate terminology. It can start at a young age with kitty language, but even at some point, parents are going to need to discern when it's best for children to understand that their dingy or their thing is a penis and that their private part is often called a vagina and how these have such complex parts to them. But the thing is, if a parent can't use these terms in front of their child without stuttering or choking up, then the child's going to most likely receive a message that something's wrong with that part. And then eventually it will lead them to thinking that something is wrong with them. So the idea is that if you feel ashamed to talk about it, then so will they. And don't get me wrong, kitty language is appropriate at times, but. Children will need to learn some real terminology to be able to build healthy boundaries and be able to ask for appropriate help should they need it. And children won't always know what you're talking about when you use these terms, especially at first, but it will help bring them and you out of a perspective of shame and into one of acceptance. Another aspect when addressing such things is your tone. So be mindful of that. Think of it this way. How would Jesus have communicated this to the woman at the well? Or how would Jesus have communicated this to the children that he tells us to imitate during one of his teachings? And also think, how can God be reflected in this? Well, I'm glad you asked because so much of everyday life already reflects god and you can see paul's thoughts on that in the book of romans so this provides parents with a great natural teachable moment and moments about god's design for us as sexual beings and even how we can become co-creators with him it's so amazing for instance have you ever had a child ask you something similar to what is that dog doing to that other dog? Or why does your chest stick out and mine doesn't? Or why does my brother have this part and I don't? And why can't I take a bath with him anymore? So many more examples can be provided because kids are smart guys. They notice everything and soak it up like sponges, even if they don't comprehend it at all but we'll just stick with those few examples for now. So when those questions come about, your response needs to be a response, not a reaction. And there's a huge difference in those two words. Use these natural, innocent moments as an opportunity to help them understand more of how God made all of us, to help them understand that all of their body parts are good and purposefully created and not dirty or bad. Help them understand that as they get older, their body will naturally respond to certain touches and sensations differently. And that it's okay because they're designed to, but for a specific purpose later in life. Help them learn about hormones and feelings of arousal that God formed us with in the womb. Teach them what a womb is. Science shows that even as early as three years old, children can begin to realize that rubbing certain parts can feel good. So let them know that God designed that as well, in that way, for a specific purpose, but for later in life. While also helping them understand that certain aspects of our lives can be public, while others are meant to be more private. Children need this guidance to help build healthy boundaries, but not to have these boundaries built for them. Again, going back to the do's and the don'ts ideas. And this is because their reasoning center in the brain is not fully active during these really prominent years of their sexuality developing. And so they need the guidance, just like we all need guidance throughout our lives and are given it by the Holy Spirit and by one another. So for all the women listening, We need to play a dominant role in educating daughters and other females about their bodily changes, menstrual cycles, and so many more things because we know it and we live it. But don't feel like I'm leaving out the men or the fathers. Men and fathers can play a role of support and encouragement for females and daughters to help them avoid developing feelings of shame about their bodies. When it comes to guys so don't avoid fathers specifically don't avoid being huggy or loving with the with your daughters when their bodies begin to change and develop this is only going to create confusion in them and shame for them about their bodies and oftentimes leave them feeling rejected and these same concepts can be applied for fathers and mothers with their sons fathers teach your sons about their bodies as you have experienced it. And mothers, teach your sons about how to respect and understand the female body while not feeling ashamed of their own. Teach them about things like conception, dating, contraception, how hormones and arousal can affect thinking and behavior. Teach them these things before the internet does. And if you can, even use the internet to your advantage to help them understand that sex does not equal intimacy. But don't use fear or scare tactics. Don't use shame. So to round it all out, I wanna leave you with this. Start early with kids, be upfront, be honest with them. Don't have them receive messages of negativity or shame from you when it comes to these topics. Approach it with them in a similar way that God did with Adam and Eve, with love and openness and without shame. God tells us that we are wonderfully made in His image, and that means every part of us, not just some parts. So help your children and your church community learn to understand this and reflect this. Learn to reflect and pursue what is rich and good instead instead of suppressing what is long thought to be bad and shameful. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.